You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway. worship this morning. We are glad that you are here and we are worshiping together. Those of you online, welcome to you as well. Thanks for joining us. I'd like to invite everyone to fill out the uh, attendance form. Um, You can scan the QR code in the seat before you or um, register with one of these. For those of you who are first-time guests, I want to encourage you to fill this out as well. Place it in our offering plates, which are at either side of the sanctuary. Um, we love to get to know you and get to know who you and your family are. A uh, couple quick announcements about what's going on in the life and the ministry of our church. Um, as many of you have seen, you've witnessed the destruction of Hurricane Ian. And the United Methodist Committee on Relief, which is an a organization through the Methodist Church, they are evaluating uh, what needs to be done down there. 
In the meantime, uh, we have ways that we can help. You can help by giving uh, monetary donations. Just mark your gifts with UMCOR, U-M-C-O-R. Additionally, um, in a couple weeks, we anticipate they will be calling on volunteers, calling for people to help um, come and muck out houses and uh, tarp roofs and, and many different things. If that is something that you are interested in doing, uh, come speak with me and I'll make sure that you get in touch with the right people, um, get you signed up to, to figure out what's going to go on um, when they're going to go and help in that way. Um, additionally, stewardship, our stewardship journey begins next week. Um, I hope that you have picked up your book, Defying Gravity. We will also, uh, we've got small groups that are working on um, studying that. So if you need a small group, uh, come chat with me after the service. I'll get you hooked up with that. And finally, Trunk or Treat is October 30th. This is for those kids in the back. Did you guys hear? Trunk or Treat is October 30th. Um, it's also for y'all because this is one of our biggest outreach events of the church. And so I hope that you will consider um, creating a trunk for children to come through and um, get candy from or donating, um, donating candy. You'll see that we have a basket right out front. Um, if you've got candy that you are willing to donate, we always need a little extra. Let's take a moment. Let's center our hearts. Let's center our minds in, uh, to, for the worship of God. God, we join together today with our sisters and brothers around the world in remembering Christ's sacrifice for us, for the opportunity to eat and drink together, and for the life we've received. We give you thanks and praise. In the abundance of your gifts, God, grant us the grace to fill one another's lives with love. Redeem, restore, and remold us until we are made new. Transform our daily bread into the bread of life and the cup that we drink into the cup of salvation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will y'all sing this song with me this morning? Um, if it makes you feel old, I sang this song in sixth grade youth group at summer camp. Um, you know, this song... Although I did it a long time ago, although it's, you know, an oldie for me, it's still so true of how much God loves us. Amen. Let's sing it this morning.
his portion and he is our prize. Drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. If his grace is an ocean, we're all so many things wrong. We make so many mistakes. We worry about things that we don't need to worry about, God. But still, you love us through every single bit of it. Every single one of our flaws, you know what they are, God. And you love us either way. God, just like the prodigal son, just like the one sheep that left the 99, no matter how far we run from you. You're going to chase us down, God. And you're going to love us either way. So God, I pray this morning that you allow us to humble ourselves before you as we sing about your love. Can we sing this chorus one more time? seated. I'd like to invite our children to come on forward for our children's sermon with Miss Tiffany this morning. guys this morning tired yeah I get it a lot of you were on fall break last week so I'm glad to see you guys back so have any of you ever ran a race like at school oh I know some of you ran a race because I saw pictures Uh uh-huh yep you've ran a race well that's what we're going to talk about today is running a race and guess what when I was younger I used to love to run races and when I would run races, do you, I would run, I started off running like just a little bit of, just a little. And I was like, I'm just going to run like a mile. And then I went up to two miles and then three miles. And I thought, I'm going to run a marathon. Does anyone know how long a marathon is? How many miles? 
20, over 26 miles. You think you could run a marathon? Ooh, yeah. Mm -mm. I don't know if I could. So I pretty much just stuck to 5Ks. And this is a medal that I received for my very first 5K I ever ran. That's what it, that's the medal. Mm-hmm. See it? Oh, no. Did he? I, I saw, I saw. And so that's the very first medal I received. And my friend, when she saw the picture of me and my medal, she said, oh, my goodness, did you win? And I said, no. <laughs> I did not win. But everyone that runs the race receives a medal because they still accomplish something, you know? Now, of course, if you win, you get, like, other things, too. But everyone receives a medal because you ran the race, right? So, and that was, of course, this is, like, my most favorite because I ran a lot of races after that. But this is still my most favorite because it was my first one I ever received, and I was so proud of myself. It is. It was, it, was a girl, it was a race only for girls. No boys could run in it. So it was a tiara. So, um, <laughs> so today, because, I mean, what, most boys would not want to wear a tiara um, around their neck. So today, our Bible lesson, we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul. And what did the Apostle Paul do a lot? Does anyone know? He wrote a lot of the Bible, huh? So... How many? 75 chapters. Okay, it's probably about, that's probably pretty, pretty close. And so he is writing a letter to the church of Philippi, and he is talking about the joy of being a follower of Jesus. And he told them to be like a follower of Jesus is like running a race. Hmm. It's like running a race and winning a prize. What do you think the prize is that you win if you follow Jesus? God's love, okay? We get that regardless. God loves us anyways. Grace, okay, okay. Pretty good. This one's like the race, like when you finish the entire race. Like I, I had to finish the whole race to get my medal. Well, of course we're happy. What? What else? Joy, that too. But guess what? <gasps> what? We do, you do feel proud, but you know what it is? Okay, Madison, what is it? It is eternal life in heaven with Jesus, right? With God. That's the whole goal, right? Is that we get to spend eternity with him. So this is what Paul said. I'm going to read it right here from Philippians chapter 3. And this is going to be verse 12, 12 through 14. It says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. So he's not finished. He's not got there yet. But I press on and take, a, and take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize. What's the prize? Eternal life, right? Towards the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. So... Just like when I ran my race, I got a prize. So if you follow Jesus, what's your prize? Eternal life, right? You get to spend all of eternity with Jesus and God in heaven. Isn't that amazing? Pretty amazing, right? So we're going to bow our heads and we're going to say a prayer and we're going to pray that God helps us on our race because every day, is it, is it easy to be a Christian? Is it easy to do what's right every day? Mm-mm, it's not. Sometimes you want to, like, get mad at people or you want to say things that aren't nice, but it's a race, right? We've got to keep on pushing and keep on doing our best, right? All right, everyone bow their heads. Dear Jesus, thank you for our lives. Thank you for the race that you've given us. Help us to push through and get the prize of eternal life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everyone, you can head to the back if you're going downstairs or head back to your parents.
Let us now go to God in prayer. Lord, as we prepare to break bread together this morning, remind us that we do not receive the sacrament alone. We are part of a long line of diverse brothers and sisters in countries throughout the world in all kinds of languages under the sun. Remind us that we have more in common than anything that could ever divide us, for we have you in common. On this World Communion Sunday, May this sacrament of Holy Communion be a visible expression of the unity that we have through you. Bless each church and pastor in our community so that we might shine the light of Christ throughout Alpharetta and coming and beyond. May each steeple, each church sign, every church website, every outreach to our community Point people to your saving love in Jesus Christ. We thank you for this shared mission of our churches nearby as well as those throughout the globe. And for the connectional nature of our United Methodist Church that helps us reach people throughout the world. As we reflect on today on what it means to be brothers and sisters in Christ, we especially think of those who are struggling with health concerns, grieving, wrestling with their faith, facing times of transition. We share in their struggles because we are part of the same family. And so we lift up to you all those impacted by Hurricane Ian, all our neighbors who are hurting And Lord, we ask that you would use us, use your church to bring hope and healing to all those who are suffering and grieving because we recognize that those who are hurting are part of the same family as us who are gathered here this day. Thank you, Lord, for this table. Thank you for making us a part of your family through Jesus Christ. And now as your children and as brothers and sisters together, we pray saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, sanctificado seja o teu nome. Dein Reich come. Give us this day our daily bread. E perdoa as nossas ofensas. We auch wir vergeben unsere Schuldigen. Engleis sodere kut partadeum. Mar verlos uns van die buessa. Porque teu é o reino. Und die Kraft. Magimayum. Amen. Amen. How cool was that? Yeah. I love it. Love it. Yeah, I, um, I was in Israel a few years ago, and, and I heard this guy preaching, I mean, uh, uh, praying the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic, which is the language Jesus spoke, right? So he, uh, he preached the, exactly the way Jesus taught his disciples to pray. It was awesome. 
was awesome. But it's also equally awesome to hear different languages speaking the same, uh, and, I mean, praying the same, the same prayer. Uh, today is, is World Communion Sunday, and it's one of my favorite days in the liturgical calendar. Not kidding, really, it, it is one of my, uh, my favorite days because um, I, I, it's, it reminds me that Christians all over the world are, are, are doing the same thing as we are this morning. We're, we're all taking communion together. And uh, it's, a, it's a day, it's a special day when uh, it's a day to worship God and worship our King, uh, a King who wants to share himself with us in so many different meaningful ways. And uh, have, you, have you thought about the, the, the significance of the table to our faith? Have you, th- have you thought about that? The table is pretty important, right? Because we see t- uh, the table present since the very beginning of the, of the Bible. It's where the table is where relationship happens. The table is where uh, we gather around and uh, uh, like on Thanksgiving, right? We, uh, we, we gather with people we love to share a meal together. It's a place where we gather uh, to have uh, important conversations. So it's, it's where relationship happens. It's where sharing happens. Um, and it's so important because Christianity, our faith, is a relational faith. Christianity is based on relationship. It started like that, right? And so uh, and we've been, uh, we've been uh, learning about relationship all throughout the Bible uh, since the very beginning, when God tells people to build the temple, for instance, he, uh, he tells the, 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 the priests to leave 12 loaves of bread there for, for, uh, uh, as, as an offering. And then he invites the disciples to eat with him, to partake on, on those uh, 12 loaves of bread with him. Um, God would tell him to eat with him at the table. Right? So table is pretty important. I love to talk about the table because uh, think about this. And I, I had this uh, had this insight. I was uh, I always listen to different podcasts, and uh, and one of the reflections was what what's the the meaning of the table, right? So at the table, um, off the table, we are we are tall, we are short, we are uh, chubby, skinny, right? We have dead bods, right? Like me. Now, uh, we, yeah, way to go, dads. Uh, so, uh, so, but we, we're so different, right? We uh, compare our shoes, we compare our clothes, what kind of pants he's using. Oh, he's not using pants. Uh, we, uh, uh, my shoes are nicer than yours. I'm wearing Nikes, I'm wearing Adidas. So it's, uh, we, can, we compare each other when we are off the table. When we sit at the table, all we have is eye to eye. And heart to heart. When we sit at the table, we are in the same stature. We are all the same. We're not comparing ourselves anymore. We're not uh, paying attention to the, right, uh, excess <laughs> weight uh, or the, how tall or how short other people are, right? So it's, a, it's, it, it's a relational. The table brings us to a place of relationship. The table brings us to a place of, of um, unity and togetherness, right? And so um, it's, it's, uh, if, if you think about the history as well, uh, you, you know that in the Holy of Holies, there was an ark, right? The, the, where the presence of God dwelt. But at, uh, on the holy, in the holy place, right, right before the Holy of Holies, there was a table. There was a table. So relationship. It's all based on relationship it doesn't matter how uh, who we are right or what we've done but whom we serve whom we belong jesus knew it was his last night remember he knew it was his last night on earth he knew what he was going to endure his sweat blood this is the amount of anguish and suffering he would have to go through. And yet, in the last night, he invited the disciples to have dinner with him. He invited his disciples to gather around the table and to partake with him in that moment. So that's, that's how important the table is to our faith. Our whole faith is based on relationship. 
There is no distinction of nationality. There is no distinction of ethnicity, of race, gender, of culture. There is nothing. Right? Because we are all one in Christ Jesus. We belong to Jesus. So the World Communion Sunday is a day that we are reminded of, of, uh, that we all belong to the same Lord. There is a place for each one of us at the table with Jesus. Well, Christians make us, um, Christians know that Christ has made us His own, right? This is what the table, the table in this uh, Holy Commun- uh, World Communion Sunday means. Jews, Gentiles, slaves, free, male, female, Brazilians, Americans, Africans, Asians, Mexicans, Mexicans, Indians, rich, poor, we are His own. We all belong to the same Lord. I was blessed enough to have traveled five, um, five different continents and, and um, I've seen many different cultures, many uh, uh, people from different backgrounds worshiping the Lord. And uh, I, was, I was always wondered before going to all these places, I was always wondered um, what, uh, how big the world is and what does our faith look like in a different culture. It's different. And... Uh, I realized three things going to all of these places. The first thing is that we're not alone. The second thing is there are people who God loves deeply everywhere and they, that look different than us and then express themselves in a different way. And the third one is that there's nothing like Brazilian food. <laughs> right? I mean... Sorry for the joke, but not sorry for the opinion. It's my opinion. I love Brazilian food, right? Uh, a fun thing about World Communion Sunday, I was studying about this in seminary. It was super fun. Uh, it was an eye-opening experience for me. Um, I was doing this little research with other cultures and nations and how they celebrate communion. And uh, there are places in the world that there's no wine or bread. Not because... The, the stuff don't, don't, don't get there, right? Because with globalization, we know everything gets everywhere all the time, right? We see McDonald's and Coca-Cola in places that we don't even know exist, right? But uh, there's no wine or there's no bread. Some people have never ha- had bread in their lives or wine. And so how do they take communion, right? The, the Bible told us that, you know, the, the bread is Christ's body and the wine is Christ's blood. And so how do they do that, right? Um, so, t- uh, t- a true story. One island in the French Polynesia, they take communion with coconut chunks and coconut water. Cool, right? Different. But uh, this other uh, this other country in Asia, they take uh, they take communion with with uh, some kind of rice cake and water. Right. So good. Uh, th- there's another one. In, uh, there are many different ways, but there's some other one that takes communion with pineapple. I mean, all kinds of different things. But it tells me that uh, in all these videos, I mean, all these missionaries from all over the world, and, uh, and I was there in the classroom at Emory watching this video. I had this eye-opening experience. I don't know, what, you know exactly what I felt in that moment, but it was, it was crazy. It was, a, it, was a great, it was a great feeling because the secret is not on what we eat, but... In remembrance of whom? The reason we eat. It's the reason we gather together to celebrate. It's not what we are partaking, but if we are partaking what we're eating, what we're eating in remembrance of Jesus. Right? Um, that's the, that's the, the meaning of the table. And that's why we do what we do. Because it's when, when we gather two or more, right, that, and that, uh, that communion happens. That's our motivation. The motivation is to have the presence of God with us, with us together. When we eat together, and that's what we're doing today, we bring fragments of our lives, of our culture, and become a community. A community of diverse people coming together to worship the Lord. We move from being individuals, separate, to being one, to being 
uh, from being our own, right, alone, to belonging to Christ. So let's read scriptures right now. Um, it's on the book of uh, Philippians chapter 3, second half of verse 4 through verse 14. Here uh, you see that Paul talks about his worldly accomplishments, right? And all these, uh, all these great things that he's done throughout his life. And it almost feels like Paul is bragging about his titles and his, uh, his status. But uh, then, when, then something happens and something clicks for him. And he understands to whom he belongs and everything changes. So let's read it. Um, uh, if you have your Bible with you or you can read on, on the screen. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, uh, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider laws for the sake of Christ. What is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all of this, I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of, what for we, of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straightening toward what is, uh, that is ahead, what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. One observation. If we have problem with uh, multicultural people or multi-ethnic people or uh, uh, different languages in the church, we are not ready for heaven. Just saying. I mean it, right? So, Paul was there. He was the man. He was the man. According to the t tradition and culture, he was a real deal, a role model. He was circumcised on the eighth day. Well, nowadays nobody brags about that kind of surgery anymore, right? <laughs> but he's Jewish. <laughs> yeah. He's Jewish. He's a blood member of God's chosen people. Born into, uh, into the tribe of Benjamin. He was the man. He's a Pharisee. A, a part of a select group of guys who studied the law night and day. Who spent most of his life zealously defending the law he was studying. Here's, here's Paul. And because Paul was a good Pharisee. He thought he knew for a fact that Jesus was fake news. That was his opinion. And he, he persecuted Christians. He wanted to arrest and even kill Christians who were spreading his, his new crazy doctrine to other Jews. Paul judged himself righteous and blameless under the law. And on verse 6, we see, we see that he says he's, he's faultless. There's no fault in him. He's perfect. And then the road to Damascus happened. He had an encounter with Christ. He was blinded, and then Christ asked him, Hey, uh, why do you persecute me, Paul? And on that moment, something clicked. On verse 7, we see a big change of perception. He realized nothing natural. None of his accomplishments were important. Verse 7 says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So he says, all that means nothing when he compares them to what he has found in Christ. His accomplishments have lost meaning. Because knowing Christ and also belonging to Christ was what matters the most. Knowing that he had a place at the table with Jesus 
was what matters, was what mattered to him. His titles, his possessions, certificates, status, they were all rubbish. Belonging to Christ was the real deal. We see on verse 9, Paul says, Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that Righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So because of Christ, Paul's righteousness was based on his own efforts. I mean, before Christ, right? Paul's righteousness was based on his own efforts. But after his, he, has, he found Christ, his perception of righteousness changed. Now his righteousness comes from God on the basis of faith. So he knew to whom he belonged. And when we really follow Christ, we know what, we know what he's talking about. Because then we, we feel the same thing, the same way. We know for a fact, Christ is all that matters. And then when we belong to Jesus, we have an identity. And we're automatically given a place at the table. There's no faith away from the table, y'all. If you imagine a spiritual table, there's no, play, there's no faith away from that place of sharing of relationship with Jesus. Away from, uh, away from communion. We know we belong to Christ when we feel His presence and we experience His, His grace. But ultimately, we know we belong to Christ when we realize we're not alone in the world. There are people all, all over the world experiencing the same thing. He's with us. And we're also part of His big family. When you decide for Jesus, you belong. And your mindset needs to change. Individuality is important, I get that. And we're big on that sometimes, right? Individuality. But sharing the table is what makes the church to be what it's called to be. So Christ is what connects us with the other Christian communities around the world. Because we now belong. And even geographically apart, we sit at... Christ's table together. Through Christ, Christians all over the world now have a DNA. We have an identity. Have you ever thought about this? Um, you are not what you think you are. You're not what people made you think you are. You are what Christ made you to be. It's a powerful statement, isn't it? But you are what Christ made you to be. Like Paul was, before he knew Christ, some of us are, are living our old lives. Whereas our goal is to do what verse 10 says. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. It's to know Christ and become like Him and, and participate in His suffering and death. This is deep, isn't it? It's very deep. Some of us still go through the flow of culture and forget to, uh, to whom we belong and what the, what the goal of our lives is. We follow People on the TV, instead of following the Christ who makes everything new. And who opens a, a place at the table. I keep thinking about these people that uh, follow all these, uh, these personalities that we watch on TV. Will they open a, a place on their table for you when you meet them? Christ will. Right? Makes it easy to decide which team we're playing, right? John Wesley speaks of his own personal experience of knowing Christ has made, his, has made him his own in one of his writings. 
It's when he felt his heart strangely warmed. I joked about this a few, a few months ago, saying that some people said John Wesley was having a heartburn. But, uh, but no, he felt belonging in that moment. Can you remember the time when you felt belonging uh, to Christ for the first time? Can you recall the time that you, was, you were rescued? You, uh, you felt belonging after being away for so long. When you realize that uh, you are no longer your own, but Christ's. Can you a great reminder, y'all? It's when we engage in, in practices that help us to recall our own individual moments of knowing Christ has made us His own. We're reminded of how good it feels to belong to Christ, to belong to His family. Sitting at the table leads us to, to know Jesus in a different level. Heart to heart. Eye to eye. Because we're all sitting at the table with Him. There is one question I'd like to ask you before we wrap up. To make you think. Who are you if you remove Jesus from your life? Think about this. Who are you if you remove Jesus from your life? Just like Paul said, it's a prize more important than any accomplishment the world has to offer. It's a prize more important than power, than fame, than wealth, than status, than the car you drive, than the subdivision you live in. When living in the light of Christ becomes our primary goal, the greatest desire of our lives, the things of this world becomes more and more rubbish compared to belonging to Jesus. Even suffering and being persecuted feels like an honor. There are persecuted churches in several uh, countries I have visited. Churches, there are some churches even in China, in Iran, in, in Nigeria, Balkans, all these places. Um, countries closing churches, burning churches. But they are right now, even in the midst of all of that danger and the you know, threats, persecution and all that. They are taking communion today because they know to whom they belong. They are celebrating the one thing that bonds us together. The fact that uh, no matter our background, we all belong to Christ is amazing. And when we eat together, we bring together the fragments of our lives, our individual lives and our experiences, our cultural experiences. Uh, uh, and then we experience communion together, holy fellowship. We move from being separate to being one, from being our own to belonging to Jesus. And the more the people experience becoming uh, uh, Christ, the more we understand the body of Christ as a whole. The more we, we're connected to the family of God. And the more, we, uh, the more we become one with Him. So on this World Communion Sunday, I have this challenge for you. And I, I really want you to take this as a challenge. I want you to challenge yourself in these words. I want you to be reminded of all these things, of the meaning of the table, and, and that you all belong to Christ in this deep, deep, even uncomfortable way sometimes. There is a huge world out there too. And that because He died for us, shed His blood for us, made Him as a sacrifice for us, we now belong Jesus and that we are not alone let us pray Heavenly Father we thank you for the opportunity we have Lord now to sit at the table and partake these elements of Holy Communion with our brothers and sisters Lord we thank you because uh, you brought us together as one to have relationship with one another to celebrate you. And we thank you because we know that as we do this right now. I want to thank you for your generosity. Uh, when you give to this church, you make um, available ministry throughout the globe. And you help support churches and ministries and missionaries in other countries through our connectional global church 
today um, you have an opportunity to, in addition to uh, your regular giving, to make a second mile gift to our United Methodist Committee on Relief um, so that we can help our neighbors uh, who are impacted by Hurricane Ian. You may give uh, this morning either online or leave a gift in the offering plate as you leave. Let us now prepare our hearts for communion. Lift up your hearts and give thanks to God. Blessed are you, O God, who with your word and Holy Spirit created all things and called them good. In Jesus Christ, your word became flesh and dwelt among us. Through Jesus' suffering and death, you took upon yourself our sin and death and destroyed their power forever. You raised from the dead this same Jesus, who now reigns with you in glory, and poured upon us your Holy Spirit, making us the people of your new covenant. Jesus commissioned us to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations. And today his family and all the world is joining at his holy table. On the night before meeting with death, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to the disciples and said, Take ye, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to the disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts that in the breaking of this bread and the drinking of this wine, we may know the presence of the living Christ and be renewed as the body of Christ for the world, redeemed by Christ's blood until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at your table forever. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. As you prepare to receive uh, communion this morning, I'd like to remind you this is an open table. And what that means is you need not be a member of this church or this denomination. All that is needed is a repentant heart and a desire to live a new life in Christ. This morning, uh, you will come at the direction of the ushers, and we will be kneeling at the altar rail to receive the elements. If you have physical challenges and are not able to kneel, please know it's perfectly, uh, you're perfectly acceptable to remain standing. This is our Lord's table, and he invites you to come. Just love. 
In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender, you are breaking new ground. So I yield to you and to When I trust you, I don't need to understand. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing. And all you have given me.
to invite uh, Steve Naomi to come up for a moment and uh, with an announcement. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> that's, that's a tough act to follow because <laughs> um, I don't sing, nor do I play anything. Um, I am the, uh, the chair of the uh, discernment team, uh, which was formed in late July, and we've been meeting over the last uh, three months or so. We've met regularly and faithfully and it's a team of eight individuals, and we are trying to help the, the church midway and specifically navigate through uncertain times in our denomination. Um, some of you may have noticed um, about 10 days ago on September the 22nd, if you uh, followed Midway Midweek, I know everybody here is religious, faithful readers of Midway Midweek, raise show of hands, right? <laughs> so if you're not, you're going to start. Um, but there is a survey uh, that was included, a brief announcement in the survey uh, we're calling it a pulse check survey. It's not a vote. It's not a poll. Uh, it's really a way for our committee to, to broaden our discernment. Uh, when I say broaden our discernment, um, we're eight voices. There's different perspectives on our team, and I'm sure there are different perspectives as I look around the congregation today. Um, so we really would like your input on some of the issues that, that the, are facing the denomination. Um, the survey is open through next week through the 9th, uh, Sunday the 9th, so there's still plenty of time. If you've already responded to it and completed it, thank you. Um, your voice matters, your input matters to us. Um, my other, only other comment is your feedback is, is confidential and it's an, an anonymous, it's easy to do. Click the link on Midway Midwink, Midway Midwink Week, or also there was a follow-up email sent out to every email address that the church has uh, in, its, in its database. So easy to do, seven questions, some freeform text, some not so, but uh, the important thing is uh, we do value your voices and your input. So thank you in advance. Thank you, Steve, and I, I thank Steve for his leadership and for the discernment team uh, that is being so faithful and prayerful in this work. Also, if you're not um, inclined to re 
electronic technology. We have hard copies in the back, and you can just turn those in to the church office. Every member, every regular attender is encouraged to fill um, one out. Now may you go in peace knowing that there is a place at the table for each one of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.